0: The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network, and is made possible by our many generous supporters. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash donate. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode 126.
1: One day, I shall come back. That's it. I've been renewed. Is when a Time Lord's body wears out, he regenerates. I'm a time lord, I'm not a human being I walk in eternity, brave hearty Change my dear, and it seems not a moment too soon Unlimited vice pudding Position here, you know, sir Wearing a bit thin, fantastic Allons-y
0: I am Scottish I can complain about things should be fine. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series Doctor Who. And today we're discussing Last of the Time Lords, the featuring the 10th Doctor, David Tennant at the end of the third of the new seasons. And joining me today on the panel is Jimmy
1: Akin. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Martha. Uh, howdy, Dom. I was just <laughs> thinking of a scene involving Martha. <laughs> uh. That's,
0: that is a first for me, and I, I'm, I'm proud to be a companion to,
1: ha- had, had to that your word doctor. In, <laughs> Had that word in my output buffer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as you'll notice, Father Corey's not with us. He's uh, on assignment. He's t- taking a uh, a day here to do something else. So uh, we're we're going to forge ahead with this episode, this recording. Please remember to like the Secrets of Doctor Who on our Facebook page. We do have a Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page. We have many great listeners there, and we really uh, appreciate their uh, commentary. And in fact, we'll be sharing some feedback that we've got on our Facebook page at the end of this show, at the end of our recording here. So if you go to the Facebook page, like the shows and share it and comment and be part of the conversation, we're also tweeting the shows out on our Twitter account at SQPN. You can always retweet the show there and send us comments. And please share the show with your friends. Uh, Share it to your your other Doctor Who friends that are out there and let them know that we have this show that's out there that we're talking about Doctor Who and they might enjoy it. In fact, I'm certain they would enjoy it. It's just a thing. I just know it. So let's talk about The Last of the Time Lords. This is our third uh, episode of That's wrapping up this third season, Jimmy, right?
1: Yep, yep. And even the title tells you essentially what's going to happen by the end of the episode, because through the whole revived season, revived series that started in 2005, the Doctor believed he was the last of the Time Lords. Then he gets the Yana message, you are not alone. And then he finds Professor Yana and and he... Regenerates into the master, he realizes he's not the last of the Time Lords, so it's very moving for him to to have another Time Lord. But the title of this episode tells you that, like in Highlander, by the end there can only be one, and (laughs) uh, we know which one it's going to be.
0: Right? I mean, it is kind of surprising that they. I mean. I, I suppose it's not surprising. You know, the Doctor always wins. The, the Master's mm-hmm. not going to win. But they do kind of tell you right in the title how, mm-hmm. how this episode's going to go. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's the last episode of the third season. It's the last episode with Martha as a regular companion. She'll come back for a couple one-offs here and, and there. She and she says then- so. Yes. Right. So it's interesting. So it's a a series of endings. And then from from this episode, we'll go to uh, and we'll talk about it at the end of our discussion, a, a Christmas episode and then the Donna Noble season, which is coming up.
1: Yeah. With a hidden episode in between that uh, that we should review at the top of our next uh, of the Christmas episode.
0: Right. Right. So, yeah, we'll definitely do that. And so this show we pick up here. Uh, we ended the last episode with the Master taking over, the Toclophane coming through the time rift and decimating the population of planet Earth. The Doctor is in the clutches of the Master, and uh, Martha's family has been enslaved. Jack has also been taken prisoner by the by the Master, and the Master is now master of the uh, Earth. And this show, this episode, picks up a whole year later, a, a year of hell. To
1: no, this be a popular thing
0: what in science a voyage fiction. they've been on! Yes, yes. Um, and a about year that never thing.
1: happened. It turns out.
0: Right, and about nah. the same thing happens, actually, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we, if you have a year of hell in a, in a science fiction series, uh, at least, at least at this point in time, when this was made in 2007, you can uh, be pretty much assured that they're going to undo it by the end of the episode. So, uh, this is the alternative time, in England, 2009 is when it's set. Of course, it was the show was broadcast in 2007. And we open up with Martha coming ashore on a mm-hmm. boat on a beach in England uh, and is greeted by Tom Milligan. And she's the leader of The Resistance now. And uh, we get a little recap of what she did. She left a year ago. Left England, sailed the Atlantic, walked across America, was the last person to get out of Japan alive, uh, and the legend says she's going to save the world. And it's this very interesting they they drop these hints like the what what happened to Japan <laughs> you know they never follow yeah, up on that one and
1: we know there and we get little hints about other things she walked across america so america is apparently still there but doesn't have advanced transport cuz you got to walk across it yep. um she uh, is, the soviet union or russia is now a giant foundry for spaceships there are fusion plants in china and radiation pits in europe
0: right right yeah, it's all the, the, the it's just all this little color for the for the episode, which I thought was like a, a little nice touch. It sets a little background and gives you an uh, understanding of how bad things have gotten. They will do this again. They did this in not the most recent season, but the last of the uh 12th Doctor seasons with uh, uh, Bill, if you remember. They had this with the um the aliens from the pyramids.
1: Oh right, yeah, that they had was that, the monks.
0: Yeah, the monks. And they had this it was almost a in fact i don't know that we actually mentioned that at the time but it was almost a repeat of this sort of year of hell that never happened trope mm-hmm. where they 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 did this again so it's kind of interesting
1: i have more respect for like battlestar galactica where they had a year of hell that stuck Yeah, they just they just had a year of hell.
0: Yeah, and then the yeah like the 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 season premiere, and it's like, oh yeah, all this bad stuff happened. You didn't get to see it. Like what? (laughs) Here we are in this new place. Uh, I in fact I remember that. I remember waiting for that to be undone, and it never did get undone. Yeah. So the doctor is at this point he's he's still aboard the Valiant, which is the helicarrier, the shield helicarrier that the that uh, unit had, and the master has taken over as his headquarters. The doctor's still aged, mm-hmm. uh, artificially aged by the master, and he's unresponsive to the master's taunting of him.
1: Yeah, he says, "I only have one thing to say to you," and he he build, and they build that up in a way that doesn't quite make sense. But we eventually learn what the one thing is. Right,
0: and uh, he he also won't reveal what he.
1: To hit to the master
0: what he told Martha on the day the Toclophane came. Which was apparently
1: an extensive conversation from what they imply. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: In those few seconds there was a lot that he, a lot of information that got conveyed. Uh and he he's also worked out what the Toclefane really are. Yeah. Uh and and again, we that we won't they, they they don't reveal that to us right at the beginning. Uh Martha's family are essentially have been made uh, Slaves. I don't know if slaves, house slaves. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. It has an unfortunate connotation from an American context, too. And I don't want to downplay. Well, everybody this, is but, slaves. In, but yeah, on Earth. everybody is slaves, right. Uh, and the master is taking the particular delight in having Martha's family, like sort of his personal slaves.
1: Right they even they even talk about later on when uh when uh tom and martha are traveling by night tom says they're going to go to the slave quarters in bexley and or right. and it's like okay here's everybody in bexley are slaves
0: right if it, it, essentially the whole human race has been enslaved uh except for the soldiers uh apparently yeah mm, uh renegades the- Martha's family is also working in cahoots with the doctor they they've they come up they have this plan that they implement where they're trying to uh to to, to get free from the you know the master along with Jack and uh it doesn't work out yeah <laughs> expect at this point. but
1: it is nice you see this covert like they they're they're co- surreptitiously flashing the the number three to each other on their finger with their fingers. And doing it in ways that have deniability if anybody's watching, but they know the significance and pass on the message. And so we know something's going to happen at three.
0: And I think the reason we have this here is the it it conveys that the doctor is not merely just passively waiting. Right. Martha's family hasn't given up. Jack hasn't given up. Jack's being tortured and killed on a regular basis and brought back to life. Uh, Which is uh, it sounds like like, it sounds like hell. But uh, so it's I I like that they've conveyed this idea that they're they're still, you know, fighting. They're still Mm -hmm. trying to succeed uh, and they're not just waiting for Martha to
1: save them. Uh, I like that part of it. So uh, also we get more information about what the Master's plan is. He, he's they've been we know and as we learn from Martha's journey, they've been building this vast fleet of rockets that they're going to use for to go to war with the universe. And the Master says the purpose of that is to build the new Time Lord Empire and create a new Gallifrey. And how they're going to populate that new Gallifrey, I, they don't really go into, but <laughs> he wants to build a, a new Time Lord Empire. And so that's his plan.
0: Right. And Martha and Tom go to one of these these uh, shipyards looking out over uh, the countryside in England, and they're they're found by one of the spheres that uh, talks that 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 addresses Tom, but doesn't address Martha. And then we realize she's still wearing the perception filter. And this is how she's been able to travel through the world freely as she has been.
1: Yeah. And at this point, they're on their way to see someone named Professor Doherty, who Martha says they need to go see.
0: Right. Uh, One of the things I want to uh, mention here is uh, Lucy, that's the master's companion. Yeah. And wife. wife. Uh, She looks shell
1: shocked at this point. She's she's clearly been physically abused. I mean, she's got she's got Bruises. bruises around her eyes and stuff. So. I, I right. thought it was interesting for a children's program. They they did that very subtly. So the adults in the audience will know that we have spousal abuse going on here, but they didn't you know, call it out on screen. But it provides right. an explanation f- later on for the fact that she turns on the master, whereas previously she was all on board with what right. he was doing.
0: Uh, I would guess that being in a relationship with the master would be hell. <laughs> Just, yeah, he, he's an unbalanced, crazy uh, sort of person. Uh, we, we find out that the, so they, they tried to carry off this plan. They fail. It turns out that the master's laser screwdriver has isomorphic controls and therefore only he can use it. And we get this, uh, saying the revenge is best served hot. He yeah. says. "Yeah,
1: So clear reference there to Star Trek.
0: Right. Well, it's actually older than Star Trek. Ref- is, Con. It? is it? Yeah. I looked it up, but no one knows the origin, but it dates to before 1846.
1: Oh, The actual real world saying being that revenge is a dish best served cold.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh the master's version obviously means re- revenge is best when given right away. Uh you know, when uh when when everything is still hot, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh whereas the best served cold is is emotionally cold, I think is the idea in that. Mhm. So Martha and Tom they they find this professor uh, Dockerty she references that she misses the TV show Countdown. Yeah. Which uh, for our American audience, the our British audience is definitely don't know knows. that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's the longest running game show in the world, and and at the time when this was filmed, there were successive hosts named Des in two thousand six, and then another one in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. There, two different guys, both named Des, who were successive hosts of the show. Which is why she makes this reference to Des and Des. Yeah, and then I, I, wonders I,
1: what the plural of Des is.
0: Exactly. Uh, it's going to turn out that.
1: By the way, the answer according to standard English grammar is Deses.
0: Yes, <laughs> and it will turn out uh, that Doherty is a traitor and a spy on behalf of the master uh, because she believes he has her son and could and can free him. Um, he probably doesn't. He's, her son's probably dead, and he's just using her. Uh, we never get a clear uh, cl-
1: uh, re- reference to that. I, I do have to say, though, before she turns traitor I, and even afterwards, I mean, she she's barely in it after she after she betrays him. But right. Um, but she is. An, I like her as a character just her personality. She's very no nonsense. Get things done. Dealing with a bad situation as best she can. And we don't know at first that she's an informant. Um, right. But and even though she is an informant, it's because she's being blackmailed. Right. Um And so she is a, a sympathetic character broadly.
0: Right. And it's one of those situations where uh, the master uh, clearly has a hold on everything. Like he's got informers within the resistance. I mean, he's got all the tools, but yet he, he's still undermined. Yeah. Like the, in the end, he, he he still fails.
1: And I feel bad that they, in a way, that they had her turn out to be an informant because it kind of ruins her as a character. And I enjoyed the actress's performance so much in this role. It's like I would I wouldn't mind seeing Professor Doherty on a regular basis.
0: Right, right. That would be interesting to I mean, they could always come back. I mean, since this year never happened, she's clearly Professor Doherty was still someone in the real world, they could have gone back to uh, who had not betrayed anyone.
1: Yeah, but still, you would know as a viewer of the show that in this timeline, she did. Yeah, I think that could make an interesting character, frankly. Mm -hmm. I think that would be an interesting character. They could say this was just the darkest timeline, and that's why she had a little beard. (laughs) Right. Both the community and a Star Trek reference there.
0: Yes, exactly. So uh, the the master, they, they're getting this TV working because they want to watch this broadcast from the master who uh, calls the, he, during this broadcast, he calls the Dr. Gandalf, which I thought was kind of funny because he's, he's looking elderly here, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a fun reference. And then he subjects the doctor to the effects of his 900 years of life and suspends his ability to regenerate and turns him into a house elf
1: yeah uh, I was going to say homunculus, yeah, little little <laughs> yeah, yeah. tiny version of the dot. Di- it's okay. I guess time lords shrink as they age. Matt Smith didn't, but
0: well i I think it's the idea of like if you you know as we get older we we do shrink a bit. like our spine compresses, you know, it's it's a natural human thing. we don't turn
1: out to be eighteen inches tall, well, most of it had. because.
0: We don't live to 900 years. I think it's the (laughs) extrapolation out to 900 years. Methuselah must have fit in somebody's pocket. Uh, That's all I'm
1: saying. When I I saw this, I I thought, so maybe this is a hint that, you know, even though the show depicts him as a human, Time Lords in their native form are weirder than we imagine them to be. Um, And this allows that to show through in some way. Um, On the other Mm -hmm. hand, I don't know that they thought it through that far. I'm thinking this is a reference to
0: Yoda is actually a time lord. <laughs> <laughs> he's not 800 years old, and he's yeah, uh,
1: yeah. shrunken and shriveled, uh, although green. <laughs> so, so, what uh, would that imply for a Yoda in his prime? He would be like you know six foot tall and strapping and muscular uh, with, I those, would guess with so. those pointy out green ears. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, uh, that, that bears some interesting. That's some interesting fan fiction
1: there. Hmm. Let somebody else write that.
0: So uh, rather than be discouraged at what happens to the doctor and as she sees it.
1: Yeah. And by, by the way, this is all a message for Martha. The, right. the master knows Martha's in England. That's why he's doing this broadcast. He's effectively going to humiliate the doctor on TV so that Martha will see it and lose heart. And she doesn't. Right. She Her right. reaction, and I think this is what you're going to go to, is, yay, yeah. the doctor's still alive, even though he's a 900-year-old homunculus now. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, he's not as attractive as he used to be. So, yes, she has hope because he survived. And then she tells Doherty that she, she sought her out because she has this information on a toclophane that was brought down by a lightning strike in South Africa. And so she and others want to use that info to capture another one. Which um, Why do you need to? capture another one maybe one that's still alive i guess is the
1: yeah well really and martha so there are a couple things here um first of all they tell us that the archangel network uh, that they introduced previously is now broadcasting a telepathic field that keeps people afraid and that's why there's been so little resistance it's basically just martha and a few others but they did get this data from this sphere that crashed and maybe we could rationalize it as like well maybe it burned up so they couldn't tell what was inside of it but they still got the data but really this is a setup on professor Doherty. i mean martha does want to know what's in the sphere but that's not the real reason she's here
0: right they know that Doherty is spying for the master and they're using her to to advance their plan yeah uh so sort of a double cross here so they they do manage to capture one and, when and they that's a nice up,
1: sequence when they do. I mean, it's a kind of yeah. action sequence with Doherty and Tom and Martha, and they're all working to take down this sphere, which they do. And then Doherty, based on the data they've got, is able to open the sphere and they can see inside and see what a taclifane is. And it's basically a grotesque head for future, from Futurama that looks way better than the actual Darth Vader head <laughs> once we got to see inside the yeah. helmet. That would have been what we see here would have been a better Darth Vader inside the helmet.
0: That's true. That's true. So, yeah, it's a disembodied human head, uh, which recognizes Martha. uh, And she's horrified when the Taklifun quotes the little child from that episode a couple uh, a couple episodes ago, where on Malcasario at the end of the universe telling her the tucklefane have shared memories of the last of humanity and claims that there was no utopia remember the episode utopia there was no ut- utopia that they flew to only more darkness and cold and this was the master's solution
1: and 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 martha there's something weird here because i mean i guess i missed it but i don't really remember the line that the Toclophane says to her, and that they show the little kid quoting, which is like the sky is full of diamonds. Um, I don't really remember that. I maybe I missed it. But what Martha says here is, "You can't be him." And then they cut to this little kid, and I'm going, "But this little kid is a girl." Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. It's it's the child was Crete, and it was played by a boy. It was. He just had- He had long hair.
1: Looked like a girl to me, okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's he had long that had curly long hair, so it was hard to tell. And uh, a high voice
1: that's prepubescent, so I guess that's why.
0: Yeah. So the, the master has this moment back on The Valiant where he talks about how the humans cannibalized and regressed themselves, becoming the childlike Toclophane, and explaining how he brought them back in time by turning the TARDIS into a paradox machine. And because the Toclophane killing their own ancestors would have created a paradox with right. the, didn't the exist. grandfather
1: paradox. So that's exactly. what the TARDIS is doing. It's it's holding back the effects of the grandfather paradox. Exactly, exactly.
0: And then he talks about how he was chosen for this mission that he's on when he looked into the vortex as a child. We talked about that in the last episode. And is confronted by the horror of, what was it?
1: The the untempered schism, but it's it's, it's the drumming. And later on, we'll find about a season and some specials for now. We'll find out why he got infected in his mind with the drumming when he looked into the untempered schism. I wonder if they had that planned when they wrote this. I I, I looked, I didn't find anything indicating that they did. It may mm-hmm. just be creative writing later on, but it really fits into a larger narrative right. um, that makes sense when you see it in hindsight. Um, right. Also, he we get some background on what the master did in the eighteen months he was Harold Saxon. He the the doctor had locked the Tardis's controls, so it could only travel between two thousand eight and one hundred trillion BC AD, and so it could bounce back and forth between those two points but go nowhere else the master apparently used it and met lucy adopted her as a companion which is the first time if i'm not mistaken we've had the master have a companion right on the show the Master has had companions in other media, like in Big Finish, but um, but it's the first time on the show the Master took a companion, and he couldn't take her anywhere but 100 trillion AD, and so he showed her the end of the universe, and it caused an existential crisis for her, and she decided everything was meaningless, and she became a nihilist and was willing to go along with the Master's plan until he started beating her up off camera. right. Right.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's an element of this of the story that you that really needed to be developed a little, a little, just to, in order to for it to all make sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're right on that one. the 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 master does claim, you know, claim that the to, the are, the, are humans. And he says, human race, greatest monsters of them all. Which sort of throws it back in the Doctor's face because the Doctor loves human beings. That they're his favorite yeah. alien species.
1: The Master has even pointed out to the Doctor, you love them so much before we know what the Toclophane are. And, yeah. and there's an some interesting intercutting here because as the Doctor and the Master, well, as the Master is monologuing about all this to the Doctor, right. we're intercutting with Professor Doherty and Tom and Martha. And as the revelations are coming out about what the Taklifane are and how the master got them and stuff like that. Um, They're talking to the sphere, the head in the sphere. And Tom asks, well, why do you kill so many people? And the sphere just joyfully says, because it's so much fun. And and at which point Tom shoots him with a gun, a slug thrower, and so kills the thing in the sphere. And that's the moment like when the master says the human race, the greatest monsters of them all. And right. so it's 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 and this is a theme that we have sometimes on Doctor Who of humans as monsters. We had it in the human nature episode. Right. With Martha. Uh So it's just another callback to the dark side of humanity is something that is there that has to be dealt with.
0: I mean, it does sort of balance out the Doctor's sort of fascination with humans. And, and it is true. I mean, we have—there's we have, uh, lots that's good about us, but there is a darkness our fallen Yeah, I still through, don't think we're as bad as the nature.
1: Daleks, though.
0: No, no. The Daleks are—there is nothing redeeming in the Daleks. So, Martha, at this point, tells Professor Doherty that the Doctor had sent her on a quest— to find a time lord killing device uh, that unit had developed, a, f- a formula of four chemicals that, when combined and injected into a time lord, will kill him permanently. And she had to go get the components, which were scattered in San Diego. So, Jimmy, I'm assuming yeah. you have the oh, first I'm not, one,
1: I, but I'm not telling where it is. Okay,
0: good. Okay, don't tell anyone. No. Uh, then in Beijing, Budapest, and London, of course,
1: because mm-hmm. London. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so well, that's and then, the, d- d- there's a unit headquarters there. So well,
0: it's also the doctor's favorite place. So yeah. Uh, uh so, and which is interesting, so it's this whole story that she tells, which is of course false because the whole point of this is so that the master will find out that Martha has this time lord killing weapon mm-hmm. and so that he will come and get her and take her uh, and, uh to into his presence where the doctor is, which is the key to their plan,
1: yeah, as opposed to doing something sensible, like drop a nuke on wherever Martha is and don't get <laughs> anywhere near it um right, right. but. <laughs> This is the master, so he can't resist being overly dramatic in how he deals with things. Right. He um, can't I,
0: monologue at her if he drops the nuke on her. You know. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> um, I well, I like the fact that they have that it is this ridiculous, you know, thing. Okay, we've made this gun, and they even point out. Tom says, "Well, I could just shoot him with a bullet," and she says, "Yeah, but he'd regenerate," which is a setup for what happens at the end of the episode. Right. Um, but this will not only kill him. It'll also stop his ability to regenerate. And it's so dangerous. We've scattered the components all over the world. And it's like, so you'd have trouble needing it in a crisis? Right. Uh, you know, it uh, makes no sense. And I, what I like is later on, when Martha reveals that this is all a setup, she starts laughing at how stupid the idea of this gun in four parts scattered across the globe is. <laughs> and the master fell for it because that's right. the kind of comic book mind he has when it comes to things like this.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he because the doctor himself would would envision and this is the bad guy problem. You always think that other people are as evil as you are, like at base. Like that you would do the same thing. And in fact, this is, you know, this is what he thinks. So uh, Martha and Tom, they do go hide out at the slave quarters in Bexley where there are a hundred people crammed into each house and all of the human race has survived as slaves. And Martha tells the story of her travel and of the doctor. And this is also a setup for yep. the ultimate solution, which we'll, I don't want to break it now. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. When it, this, when the,
1: this podcast is being pretty wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey when it comes to bouncing back and forth with spoilers, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I, uh, I want to deal with it all in, in one piece, because uh-huh. there's several, several elements that I want to talk about. And, and while they're going there, the Professor uh, Doherty betrays them. She calls the Archangel Network. She hears a male voice that interrogates her that's maybe a robot or maybe a toclophane, and she wants to know about her son and she said she repeatedly asks about her son and all the voice will say is state your intention. And right. eventually she gives up and says, I have some information for the master about Martha Jones because she knows where they're going. She invited them to stay at her place, which would have made it easy for her to call in the goons. Um, right. But they didn't do that. And they also didn't cross London because Tom says it's full of wild dogs and they'd be torn apart um, if they tried to cross it at night. Uh I didn't know dogs are nocturnal and will be asleep in the daytime, but okay. (laughs) Um, And so that's why they're staying at Bexley, which is kind of like the, I believe it's Southeast London. Um, Uh It's like a suburb or, you know, something like that. And so I guess the implication is Martha came across the channel from, uh, from from France, from Europe. Yeah as opposed to the West Coast having crossed the Atlantic because they're right there at London and they clearly haven't... I don't think they've traveled that far.
0: Right. Well, yeah, because she, she's traveled west around the world and just came from the radiation pits of Europe, so...
1: Okay, that would make sense.
0: Yeah. So the uh, the master just shows up in Bexley and she, he threatens her. She gives herself up. Uh, but, of course, it's all part of the plan. During yeah, the...
1: yeah well, but... but she, he's he So he forces her... He's like, I'm going to kill everybody here if you don't give up. What would the doctor do? And we see Martha like cowering in fear before that. And it's a little bit of a writing issue here because why does she cower in fear so much if if she's planning on giving herself over to this guy? I mean, you could say this is an act to sell it. You could say she's having a panic attack. Really, though, it's to keep the audience from knowing (laughs) right that this is all an act Um, exactly but she then does turn herself over to the master and it almost her plan almost goes sideways at this point because the master starts to kill her he's aiming the laser screwdriver at her He's already used it to destroy what's in the bag, which is the gun. Uh, right. Now he's going to kill her. And 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 this points out the number of imponderables that her plan actually involves. Um, it's not the most rigorous plan here, given, you know, right everything that could happen. And the only thing that saves her is Tom. Uh, Tom lunges to her defense. And so the master kills him instead and then has a change of heart and says, really, I ought to kill you in front of the doctor, shouldn't I? It's also kind of sad we didn't uh, with Tom because Martha had for once earlier in the show displayed interest in someone other than the doctor when she met Tom and said, is there a Mrs. Milligan?
0: Right. And, and in fact, there is a deleted scene or a deleted part of the script where at, after everything is restored, she calls the hospital where Tom is a doctor Ah, uh, uh, and but. I think it leaves it sort of open-ended whether they actually mm-hmm. connect. Obviously they don't because she, she ends, ends up, up with Mickey. Mickey, but yeah. Right. Uh so uh, there is this countdown down and we forgot to I uh, forgot to mention this earlier. There's this countdown that's coming which is the uh countdown to the launch of all of these rockets that will destroy the the universe which there are 1000 like sure, there are thousands of these rockets. Maybe even tens of the, hundreds of thousands of rockets, say. It's a universe we're talking about, you yeah. know?
1: It, it's a little hard to, 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 to take that. I, I assume this is phase one of like, because the master names a place that where they're going to attack first. And right. so I think the idea is we're going to take over that place and then we're going to spread. We're going to make more of these things. It'll be like using von Neumann probes. We're going right. to have a von Neumann war. Wherever we go, we're going to cannibalize stuff to invade surrounding areas. Okay. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting is when, so the master decides not to kill Martha except in the doctor's presence. So takes her up to the helicarrier to do that there. And as Martha walks into the room, we have this high noon Western music playing in the soundtrack it feels like right. the climax of the good the bad and the ugly or right. something it's like i guess we're this is signaling us musically even though it you don't normally hear western music on you know it's like the strumming gr- dramatic guitar stuff uh, acoustic guitar um right it sounds very 19th century very john ford or uh f- what's it i'm blanking on the guy who did the man with no name trilogy um, not Clint Eastwood, I mean, the director. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, Sergio yeah. Leone. Yes. Um, Thank you. And, and so I guess we're being signaled musically. Okay. Now it's time for the showdown. This is where we're going to have right. this dramatic confrontation. That's going to resolve everything between the master's side and the doctor's side. And Martha is at the center of it.
0: Right. And because this is a season finale, it's a, it's a companion finale. This is occurring relatively early in the episode. I mean, we're we're bringing things to a head early on. And, And so what we find out is that when the doctor whispered to Martha at the end of last episode before she escaped, he said to her, use the countdown essentially. Yeah. Which uh, uh, to do what? (laughs) Well,
1: (laughs) this is also another imponder. Now, the master, they set up the countdown by the master when he sets it like a three minute countdown Mm -hmm. uh, to launch all these things. And they've been talking about we're launching tomorrow. But then he sets a three minute countdown and he says, I never could resist a ticking clock. So they set that up as this is a master personality trait and the doctor knows it and uses it against him. But they're just is another imponderable. They're just lucky the master announced all of this publicly, or they'd have no idea when the countdown was even occurring.
0: Right. And because everyone in the world can apparently hear,
1: hear the countdown. Even though there's no broadcasts normally, I guess they're broadcasting this live or people wouldn't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the during the final countdown, when it reaches zero, this is the plan. Everyone in the world is to think together doctor to send a telepathic message into the Archangel Network and the doctor has spent the year integrating himself psychically with the matrix and, and when this happens even lucy starts doing it which is to show yeah. her betrayal of the duck so what do you think what do you think of this and 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 then well, this, is, this is even better so he's restored physically yeah. to his previous youth and he gets not just restored
1: yeah but before we before we get to the effects okay. of this let's talk yep. about the about the the idea of this as a plot device
0: (laughs) okay Um, okay. i'm getting so excited to talk about
1: it (laughs) the master is not particularly impressed with this he says so the idea is martha has been traveling the world the real reason she's been traveling the world is to tell the story of this magical marvelous man who saves you time and time again and never even asks to be thanked except when he does and (laughs) and 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 he's so wonderful and he'll save everything we just need you to Clap your hand so Tinkerbell won't die and 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 just say the word doctor at this right moment in the future that somehow you'll all know. Right. And and I, I, I'm with the master on this one. I don't think this is the best plan. <laughs> this, um, this is a long shot. Yeah. Um, I mean, the master puts, puts a, a name on it and says, that's your plan, prayer. Yep. Um, and it's not really prayer because they're not praying to God, but it does tap into the same kind of thing. If people just have faith in the doctor, everything will work out. And so it's treating, it's setting up the doctor as a messianic figure in a very literal way, which we'll get to. Right. But um, I just find the, I I just don't like when the show, I mean, yes, I know he is a magical man um, or now woman um, (laughs) that, you know, is very interesting to follow and that saves people. But I don't like it when the show immodestly calls attention to that and like ego strokes the doctor. Right. Um I it it has this saccharine fake note to me that it rings just sour. Um it's so sweet it becomes sour in in one's mental mouth to me anyway. Right. And to and I don't like it when the show openly engages in basically doctor worship.
0: It it was kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. It, it was a little over the top. I mean, we, and, and just this idea Martha the Evangelist spreading the good news of the doctor and all the people come together to pray to the doctor uh, to save them and he comes and saves them saves them at the end of time i mean it is very clearly co-opting in some ways yeah. the christ the christian faith you could also say it's just they they're doing what a lot of literature does which is to connect with something that we already know which is a a christ figure yeah. i get that but this goes over the top a little bit.
1: This is over the top, and then yeah. but then that they really do build this up. I mean, when people's and I think this is what you were going to go to is yeah. When people start chanting "Doctor," including Lucy Saxon, um, yep. the doctor is in his little cage as a homunculus, this dried, shriveled little thing. <laughs> And then he miraculously starts growing and glowing and de-aging and it's like a resurrection. And then he levitates, he flies, and he's impervious when the master tries to use the laser screwdriver on him. And he's flying towards the master and he's As te- he glows, <laughs> te- glows and he's telekinetically doing stuff. And then he embraces the master and he says the one thing that he's been saying been wanting to say the master and that the master is dreading and that one thing is I forgive you. And so we have this resurrected <laughs> shining Jesus figure forgiving the sins of the one who I mean, father forgive them for they actually did know what they were doing. <laughs> um right.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean it's it is so over the top in in that. Yeah. It was it was a little it was It was too much. It was uh, just to say too much.
1: Oh, and they also, as he's about to do this, he says, I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry to the master. So it's like we've got to get David Tennant's tagline in there, too. (laughs) Yes.
0: And he's sorry for what? For forgiving him? Yeah. Like, I I don't. And of course, we also are told that the one thing the master can't do is stop people from thinking. thinking.
1: This guy's a hypnotist. (laughs) That's exactly what he does. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well he could can't stop people from loving which would be the actual if you wanted to be have a a Christian analog here that would be loving would be the thing that you you, yeah. you can't
1: stop people from doing but uh, yeah the master teleports him and the doctor down to where the shipyard is and tells right. him there's a black hole converter in each one of those ships, and if I press this button, it'll detonate and kill everybody, and your your favorite planet will burn. And that's when the doctor says, well, explode those ships and you'll kill yourself, and I know you, and the one thing you can't do is kill yourself. Right. Meanwhile, Jack has
0: escaped on board, and he's got... Actually, the, the, the master soldiers yep. have flip sides. And he goes and... And
1: the doctor tells him to do this. He says, Jack, take your men and deal with the paradox machine.
0: Right. And and remember, the paradox machine is so sensitive that if you do something even just a tiny bit wrong, it'll destroy the solar system. So what is, how does Jack deal with it? He shoots it. Yeah, he, <laughs> he bursts God. in
1: and waving a machine gun around like a maniac just sprays <laughs> it with bullets. Right, right.
0: And then, uh, so that, that causes time to reverse to just after the president was killed, President Winter, who's president-elect, president... That's a little bit of a... That's, yeah. They've kind of let that one flounder around. Uh, so just after when the spheres arri- arrived, everybody reverts, except for, for some reason, the, the people, Valiant.
1: Yeah, the people, as as they explain it, the people at the eye of the storm don't get reset, and so they remember the year that never was. And that's right. basically the Doctor, Martha, the, the crew of the Valiant, and all of Martha's family.
0: Right. Uh, the Doctor plans to keep the master a prisoner now that he's got him he's going to imprison him in the TARDIS and the doctor says well maybe it's time to change now that I've got someone to care for I'm going to end my peripatetic lifestyle and settle Mm -hmm. down and watch over the doctor which
1: and and notice there's an echo here of what later happens I mean he's willing Mm -hmm. to stay in one place for an extended period in order to guard the master and that's what Peter Capaldi later does with Missy Where he teaches at this university for 70 years or something in order to give her time to rehabilitate in the vault.
0: Right. Yes. And so there's this there's this echo here where I think that they consciously went back to this uh, to pull that to pull that out for that episode
1: or that season. Yeah. And it's very interesting, given the um, relationship, they don't really explore it fully, but given the relationship at the end of Peter Capaldi's run between Missy and the John Sims version of the master. I mean, he immediately precedes Missy. He regenerates into Missy, we later learn. And he kills Missy at the end of it because she's turned and is going to stand with the doctor. And here in this episode, he's in at the end of Last of the Time Lords. He's, Oh, by the way, his wife shoots him. Lucy so shoots him, Lucy right. shoots yeah. him. Um, and so the doctor's begging him to regenerate and the master is refusing. Apparently he's got conscious control of his regeneration um, and refusing to regenerate rather than just regenerate and then spend all this time with the doctor imprisoning slash rehabilitating him. That's the worst thing to him. That's even worse than dying, it seems. And so he is willing to kill himself, contrary to what the doctor thought. Um, well, then uh, we get you know, go forward a few seasons, and we have the John Sims Master meeting Missy, and the Doctor has imprisoned/slash rehabilitated her, and now she's willing to stand with him, and he is again willing to kill himself. Only now it's he's killing Missy, right? Rather than have that fate play out, right? I I, I find that sort of that parallelism,
0: uh, that 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 <laughs> convoluted time, a very interesting and very true to the Master. Uh, that they've developed. And that's one of the things that I like about this and the continuity between this and the later season.
1: Yeah. And they don't even call back to it when it happens. They just show right. us the scene and you have to know about this episode to realize he's actually recapitulating exactly what happened at the end of Last of the Time Lords. Uh, I, that
0: does bring up, I, you know, will, if, will Chris Chibnall bring back the master in some form and what will he be like, or she? Eventually, eventually. And that's that's. I'm kind of. I'm looking forward to that. I'm kind of interested in in what happens mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So the the doctor has a Viking funeral for the master, or the Darth Vader funeral, if you want to go go there. Yeah. Uh, because even a cell of, of a Time Lord is incredibly powerful, so he must be completely destroyed. Which if, well, that has to be one really hot fire to destroy every yeah. single cell. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that um, somebody shows up to. To grab a ring that the doctor didn't notice Yeah, out of the so, fire. so
1: the doctor, so we see a woman with red, we see the hand of a woman with red fingernails take this ring that falls out of the funeral pyre, and so we know this, and we hear the master laughing, if I recall correctly, and yeah. so we know that he really didn't kill himself. The doctor actually was right about that. He has a plan to come back after this. He's just refusing to regenerate at the moment to get away from the doctor. Exactly, the master
0: always has a plan. So Jack decides not to travel with the Doctor, uh, but to return to Torchwood because this, the next season of Torchwood is beginning, and they have to he has to go back there. So, mm-hmm. uh, but he this is where he does the reveal with, that he was known as uh, back home as the face of Bo in his yeah.
1: province, Bo Province,
0: the Bo Beauchene Province. Yet, yeah. so he th- this is the revelation about J- uh, Jack's true nature, and this is Jack. Does Jack come back in next season? Is this the last of Jack in...
1: I don't know. We Apart to, from
0: uh, End of uh, Time, which is
1: the... Yeah, he definitely comes back then. I don't recall if he's in any intervening episodes.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, it'd be interesting. So I will have to look that up because I, I forgot to look that up
1: before. Um, mm-hmm. So
0: Martha's mom has finally warmed up to the doctor, I guess, in some, some yeah. form
1: here. And uh, kind of uncomfortable with each other, but... Based on their ambiguous facial expressions, they're not hating on each other. <laughs> exactly. Uh,
0: the doctor talks about Martha taking Martha to go visit Agatha Christie, uh, mm-hmm. which is interesting. which will happen next season. Right, uh, with Donna and Martha says tells him she can't go with him. Uh, she needs to stay to help her family heal from their post-traumatic stress which is very clearly that yeah after they've been in,
1: spending a year as the master's personal playthings, oh yeah i buy that
0: yeah, and having the year undone so therefore no one else in the world that would be that'd be a large burden to carry mm-hmm. um uh, also she can't keep pining after him she says uh, that and, would be
1: fascinating to go and get therapy for that you know it's like <laughs> okay doctor um I, I, I know reality is exactly the way it, it appears to you, and it is that way now, but it didn't used to be. There was this missing year that was really <laughs> traumatic that I want to talk about, and it all got undone, so it's okay, and, yeah. and I'm not psychotic. I really believe the <laughs> yeah. world is the way you think it is. Now, it just didn't <laughs> used to be.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> when he gives you some heavy heavy
1: antipsychotics
0: and then commits you. <laughs> so she does tell him that she can't keep pining after him uh and him not paying attention to her but she does leave him with a cell phone for him to call her
1: for her to call him she says when that rings you better come running that's right that's right uh and then the doctor takes off yeah yeah so i wanted had a comment about martha's breaking up with the doctor um i thought this was a completely believable reason for companion departure uh, mm-hmm. And she tells this story about this friend she had that spent way too much time pining over some guy who wasn't into her. And she kept telling her friend, get out of this relationship. Right. And she says, well, this is me getting out. Right. And so, you know, even though the doctor has been friendly to Martha, by this point, she's made it obvious that she's interested in him and he's made it obvious he's not interested in her back. Uh, he's still pining over Rose. And actually, they they deal with that, too. Uh, she says, I always thought I was second best. But he points out, you just saved the world. Yeah, I always thought I was second best, but I am good. So by saving the world, she's equaled Rose now. And so she's achieved her potential. She's shown herself that she is worthy, you know, a worthy person. She doesn't have to feel inferior to whatever came before And so this is a psychologically reasonable point for her to say, I've achieved what I need to achieve here. It's time for me to move on. And this is, even though I didn't necessarily like all the way they played the pining over the Doctor in this season, this is a good point exit point psychologically for a character it's way better for example than when mel leaves the the uh, seventh doctor and just Mm -hmm. out of nowhere well doctor i guess it's time for me to leave because i've fallen in love with a psychotic space pirate you know (laughs) (laughs) this is this is i've got people who need me i've achieved my self-realization i don't have to feel inferior anymore and i should not for my own sake spend more time pining over you so goodbye that's very, you know, they're, that's just very believable. I like that. Right. And we remember, like, this is all taking
0: place from Martha's 2007 point of view. This is all taking place in about a couple weeks of her life.
1: Well, in a year. Uh,
0: well, I mean, in the sense of the time span of the world that she left the from the date she first met him when the. The the hospital was taken to the moon. Yeah. to now is is a pretty short time
1: span. Yeah, it's like
0: five days or something. Yeah, uh, so she hasn't missed too much of her medical uh, schooling or, or what have you, whatever wherever that stands. So what we get now is the doctor with his his severed hand, his extra hand. Yep, uh, sets the TARDIS controls and they take off and or they start to take off and then the TARDIS shakes huge and then you hear a foghorn and the bow of a ship smashes through the wall. What? I'm not sure how this is all happening. Yeah, and he just says, what? What? It's the classic uh, D- David Tennant line, another one, um, which it's very interesting that there's no, um, this, the ship itself has no writing on the bow, mm-hmm. but he does get a, a, the, or, the, life a in written, they call it a life belt. We call it a life preserver. It does say HMS Titanic on it. Uh, although when we see the Christmas special, it'll be slightly different. The ship bow that comes through will look like the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, black and white and uh, that sort of thing so it's kind of interesting well that's
1: probably due to the paradox because there's also a hidden episode right here that's five minutes long called time crash um, right that uh, occurs in the middle of this scene but they don't show it to us here because, It's broadcast as part of the Christmas special for this year. So we'll talk, we need to talk about time crash at the top of the Christmas special episode because it leads into that. Right. Also, by the way, there's a, uh, there's a reason I would guess why they call them life belts, even though it's clearly not a belt, it's clearly a ring. Um, In England, at least historically, the word life preserver is used for something completely different, what we would call a blackjack or a a tr- uh, uh, a uh, truncheon uh oh. stick you hit people with um, <laughs> that's a life preserver <laughs> it's, it's a life preserver because you don't kill the person that you're using it on oh so if you read like the sherlock holmes stories sure in um in uh uh the one where oh the one where they take down the blackmailer uh and uh sherlock and watson are going to break into charles augustus milverton's House. uh The doctor tells him, "You know, get your dark lantern and, and your life preserver."
0: Oh, okay. I would have thought it was life preserver. It preserves your life because you beat the bad guy with
1: it. Well, maybe. I assume it's because <laughs> you're you're not killing him. You're not just using a gun or a sword on him. That's true. That's true.
0: All right. Any other notes on this episode to, to settle things out?
1: Nope. That's it for me.
0: Okay. So I want to get to our feedback. We have some feedback from our episode. We discussed uh, the the classic episode Blink uh, the, or the classic. 10th Doctor episode, the the one that so many people love. Uh, our friend Amy Flowers writes on Facebook, Blink is the perfect example of how good Moffat is at single episode contained episodes. How he was with broader arcs is another matter. So that's mm-hmm. an interesting con- contrast. You yeah. know, writing writing a single story, one episode, uh, Moffat was pretty, pretty good at that. I mean, it's some, there's some really good self-contained episodes out there. But sometimes when he got into the whole arc thing, it, it got a little big for him. What do you think?
1: Well, I, I, I don't know that I minded his arcs. I actually thought his arcs were pretty good. What I thought he didn't do well with long arcs was the payoffs, um, mm-hmm. like the whole th- the the death of the doctor thing. Um, you know, we see him get shot at Lake Silencio and that's a fixed point in time and that can't change. Right. And that's, that's fine. That's an interesting device driving the whole season. But then Midway through, we get a good man goes to war, which I didn't like, and then we get the wedding of River Song, which is a chaotic mess. Um, and he tends to go too fairy tale when he does big payoffs, and I don't, I don't like the fairy tale as much. This is this had a fairy tale feel on the emotional level with the Weeping Angels, but not a fairy tale plot. The plot dynamics here were tight.
0: Uh, then we have a, another uh, Facebook comment from Steve Jess, who says, I always thought Blink played like a backdoor pilot for a spin off series. Imagine Sally Sparrow and her boyfriend hunting Weeping Angels out of their video store.
1: Yeah, well, something similar to that. They did consider Sally Sparrow as a new companion.
0: Right, right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it, there had been, I think, had there not been Dr. Light episodes in the past where it was the doctor kind of came in as a third party like this? I,
1: well... Going all the way back to the first Doctor, there was an episode called Mission to the Unknown, which is unique in that it has absolutely no episodes of the, uh, no characters from the main cast in it. It's an entirely new cast to just all of a sudden the Doctor, Ian and Barbara are not there Um, or whoever the companions were at the time. So we have had that in Modern Who. I don't recall if this was the first Doctor Light episode or not. It may or may Mm. not have been. Uh, speaking oh no! It's not t- because yeah. the previous a previous Doctor Light episode that I remember is the one with the absorbal off.
0: Oh right, 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 right. Of course, yes, that was that was the the, the previous version of that. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's so they they did it before and they'll do it again undoubtedly.
1: Uh, and the next Doctor Light episode that I remember anyway is awesome. It's midnight. It in my mind mm-hmm. midnight equals uh, blank. It is it doctor light or just companion light no it's, the doctor, it's oh the i'm present compa- oh you're right it's companion yeah. light yeah
0: yeah but uh but but similar idea where mm-hmm. we're, we're 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 limiting the the, the cast so it, it, it's it is an interesting idea like i don't think it was ever intended to be a backdoor pilot but it does kind of feel that way a little bit that the that you know sally is the main character in this mm-hmm. story so uh, then we have an email from Scott Shields, who says the Easter egg from Blink, the e- the Easter egg in the story, which is the doctor talking to Sally. The Easter egg was actually included as an Easter egg on the Doctor Who series three box set uh, <clears throat> that included Blink. To get the Easter egg, you insert disc four, which includes the episode Blink, into the DVD player, select scene selection for the episode called Blink. Highlight scene nine, which is called keep looking, press up. The episode name should now be highlighted. Hit enter and a familiar Easter egg should appear. Is he trying to talk to us?
1: (laughs) Cool. Unfortunately, if you do digital media, the Easter egg isn't available.
0: Yes, yes. That is where the, uh, the... If this story were made today, it would be a whole different uh, resolution to the story. We'd have to find something, some other way. A hidden YouTube video, apparently, or something. Yeah. Uh, which actually, we get that in the most recent season. Uh, we have YouTube being a key element with uh, with the... Um, the mo- one of the most recent companions. They, I have we haven't seen them enough <laughs> to, Graham, to remember. Ryan, They're not Graham. Ryan, yes. <laughs> but anyway, thank you all for your feedback. We really appreciate it. It's very greatly appreciated. And You add a lot to the show when you when you send us your feedback. We do we do love that. So as we close out, we want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Secrets of Doctor Who, uh, including Joe T, Kenny D, Aaron B, Maria S, and John H. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What did you think of not just Last of the Time Lords, but this trilogy of season finale, the episodes with Utopia, Sound of Drums, and Last of the Time Lords? Let us know by visiting sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page. Leave us feedback there. Like uh, some of our uh, listeners did, or send us an email to Doctor Who at sqpn dot com, and we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the fourth Doctor story, "Horror of Fang Rock."
1: Oh, uh, where- yeah.
0: Because there's so many Fourth Doctor stories, we're kind of inserting extra ones in so we don't run through everybody else before we we finish the Fourth Doctor. it becomes
1: the Tom Baker show.
0: Exactly. Uh, So until then, uh, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Doctor Who.
1: Thank you. And I'm looking forward to uh, the horror of Fang Rock because unlike unlike the Empty Child where everybody lives, in horror of Fang Rock, (laughs) everybody dies. (laughs) (laughs)
0: spoilers and once again i'm dom bettinelli thank you for listening to the secrets of doctor who on star quest and remember you know what happens now you wouldn't listen because you know what i'm going to say i forgive you right this is gonna be fun